Welcome to Ghostly. Is the Russell Hotel in Sydney, Australia haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real, and my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And we're your host, as always. I'm Pat, and that's Rebecca. Hello, Pat. Hello. Uh, I'm really excited because this episode, we are going to be talking about Australia. Yes, and uh, I don't know if we've done an episode on Australia before. I feel like we have, but I couldn't find one. Yeah, I... You know, it it does. It feels like it. Maybe it's one of those like Mandela effect things. I that would be cool. Yeah, I think we should do an episode on that. I think so. If you, as a listener, can remember an Australian episode, mm-hmm. I think I know we had a. I feel like we had a listener mail from Australia, so maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't really know, but but was Sinbad on that episode? I, that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we're going to be talking about Australia and it's some of its rich history and the creation of the Russell Hotel. Uh, that sits on a location that used to be a convict's hospital. There you go. The first, the first one, actually. See? Exactly. Yeah. The Russell Hotel is considered by some to be the most haunted hotel in Australia. Uh, some would even say it's the most haunted location in all of Australia. I mean, I think so. Yeah. I. I And I'm excited for the evidence. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you got. (laughs) Um, So there are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. We always prefer those five-star reviews, but as you're going to see today, we (laughs) are willing to read any and all reviews that we receive. The second way is to become a member on Patreon. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar, and we have a lot of different tiers for you to choose from. I'd suggest even, you know, if you've never considered this, just even look at our tiers. I think you'd be surprised. Yeah, everything from $1 to $10 and uh, definitely some uh, good ghostly bonus stuff yeah, in there, definitely. including even extra ghostly itself. Yeah, or and some ghostly gear. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, so I am going to read our review All right. that we got. Um, it says, Mixed Feelings. Three stars mm-hmm. from uh, Lynn uh, and Co. Okay. Um, I like the places and the historical information as well as the activity information. But what puts me off is when Pat takes his non-believing to a ridiculous level. Instead of it could be or maybe this is, but he dismisses everything. And some is his alternative explanations are more ridiculous than anything. He is always thinking things are coincidence or made up by people and always wants evidence to have, sorry, and always wants evidence or to have seen it with his own eyes, which is not how these things work. Just a bit too much dismissal for me, which is why I find it interesting that he even wants to keep looking into hauntings. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, yeah, you know, so I totally understand because um, it's difficult sometimes when you're listening to somebody that has a different point of view than your own. Yes. Uh, especially when you think that there is um, a lot of proof that this is real or something like that. But you have to remember that I'm coming from it from a different side, and I'm coming from it from a side where I don't believe. So it changes things. So every bit of information 
that I get, I say, what is easier for me to believe? Is it easier for me to believe that there's uh, these paranormal things that we can't explain? Or is it easier for me to use these ridiculous explanations? And I <laughs> I choose the ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think... You know, it's everybody's different, and you definitely represent um, a section of our listeners, yeah. a population that, to them, they are very happy that you're able to um, <laughs> offer uh, your side of the story. And you know, it's okay; we don't all have yeah. to agree. It's just no, good that we listen. No, and I, I, I appreciate them saying. Yeah, this too. no, I mean, we always appreciate the feedback. Um, well, I would like to say one more oh, thing yeah. though about this is that. Um, you know, at the end, they did say that um, don't even understand why I would want to keep looking mm-hmm. into hauntings. I was the one that came up with the idea for ghostly. That is so, true. So you definitely want to be I there. love ghost stories. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. Right. Even if you don't believe it, you still like to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm, I was going to say, you know, just to show the opposite, because again, this is how these things work, right? Mm-hmm. We had a comment um, on the most recent episode um, that voted no. Okay. okay. And they said, this is based on the debate. Sorry, Rebecca, you didn't convince me. P.S. I do think it's haunted. Ms. Rebecca needed a better argument. <laughs> so, you know, we try our best mm. to please all. Um, but um, you know, it's not always the it's not always possible. And you know what I would say, um, and uh, there are absolutely listeners that do this, go on social media and share your thoughts because I know I definitely do not always offer always the best thoughts and uh or or I know there's other ways, you know, to mm-hmm. to talk about it and same for you. Yeah. Um and so we have both skeptic listeners and believer listeners that In go ghostly on social society. media, especially Ghostly Society on yeah. Facebook, uh our our private group and um you know, they'll start offering some of their own thoughts on it and we love to hear those thoughts. And also I I would say too that um we are not the uh final verdict in this you know, that's why we have it where you can vote. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because we want to know what other people are thinking about that. Yeah, so, so definitely know. let us know. But I mean, I really do appreciate both of those um, perspectives. And um, I want to I want to see more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to uh, share some listener mail. All right. Great. Okay. Um, this is also from Jason. Oh, okay. From Ta. Um, and again, I like, like the last one, like the last one was not um, the review or the, no, um, no, this is, this is different. And I, um, I, this one, I'm pretty sure we did not share. So, um, here we go. So it's, uh, number two, uh, premonition of my father's death. Mm. I rarely, if ever remember my dreams. And when I do, they are all a particular repeating sequence of events. Blah. In any case, I had a dream that my brother and sister and I were gathered around my father like we did as children. I remember he was sort of asking me as the oldest son to explain things to my siblings and take care of them for he was going to die soon. I woke from that dream in the middle of the night thinking first, that's odd. I don't often remember my dreams. And second, when I do, they're that usual boring pattern. This was not that. Unable to go back to sleep, I stayed up for a bit. I dismissed it at first as a strange subconscious thing surfacing, a fear perhaps, for in fact, my father was very ill in the hospital at that time. 
Anyhow, within a half hour, I got a call from my grandparents telling me that my father was on death's door and that I should rush to the hospital. He died that night. In fact, I had to explain things to my siblings, but also to the rest of my family, given the particular circumstances which brought about his death. My take? I don't know what to make of this either. It was what it was, and that was that. Strange? Yes. Conclusive of anything? No. Yeah, that... Well, thank you very much, um, Jason, for sharing this. Um, I always appreciate your perspective and things. Um, and, you know, I will be honest, when, when my father died, um, I started questioning if I had this thing called called Death Watch. Mm. And it was that I could look at people and sense that they were going to die. Interesting. But then again, my father had pancreatic cancer and, you know, he was sick for a year and a half with it. And mm-hmm. he, you know, dwindled down and weight and everything. So it was pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, then somebody else, um, I like made a remark. I said, you know, that person's not looking good. And then within like two, three months, they were dead. And I thought I had this. I don't have it anymore if I did. So mm. it was a very weird thing. Yeah. Um, but man, that is, that's um, messed up to dream of your father's death and then have him die. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so we always want to hear your stories. To send us a story, you can email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com or use the contact us form right on ghostlypodcast.com. Or uh, one of our favorite ways to get ghost stories is in the actual mail. You can send us a letter, a note, a postcard, a, um, a like a holiday card, whatever you want to send us at P.O. Box number 264, and that's in Geneva, Illinois, 60134. You're not going to remember any of this. It's in the footer on the on ghostlypodcast.com's webpage. Absolutely. And you can also send us a DM on social media. You can, yeah. Totally yeah, fine. Yeah, take that. Any way you can get it to us. Yep. All right, so it is now uh, your favorite time. Oh, no, it's not. (laughs) So in our last episode, we talked about the Eloise Asylum. Yeah, we did. Super spooky. Interesting. I'm sure this has happened before, but uh, yes, 50%. No, 50%. Oh, so I I won. Uh, No, we tied. I'm going to say I won. No, (laughs) no, no. We actually tied. What's really interesting about this is the overall rating, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so people vote on how haunted they believe something is. And you could vote going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on polls. Yep. That's all you have to do. It's really easy. And, um, you know, we don't make you jump through hoops or register or anything <laughs> like nope, that nope, for nope, it. Not so, at all. Um, so the overall rating, 4.64. I mean, that's pretty much in the middle. Yeah, I would but say. it's like higher than I would think a 50-50 vote That's would be. That's true. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so there were some people that, you know, voted no that actually gave it a couple of couple of hearts. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so let's uh, listen to a ghost story. All right. Okay. It's time for a I just started working at a new hotel last week. 
it's a fun old place in one of the oldest neighborhoods in Sydney. Uh, sorry, I can't do an Australian accent. I have tried. It doesn't work. So sorry. You're just going to have to listen to this in my American accent. All right. Nice people, fun, but it is an odd place. Hallways go odd ways and floors go up a step or down a step randomly. It can be hard to find your way around at first. Lots of helping visitors find their way around. The other night, I had to work closing for the first time. While I was packing up in the back, the wine glasses on the shelf just started shaking for no reason. When I went to move them, they stopped before I could even touch them. I dismissed it, though, as, you know, maybe something from upstairs sending the vibration down, though I didn't hear or see anything. Then I was walking in an upstairs hallway a few days later. I could swear I heard a voice and some footsteps on the stairs above. But even though I was just a few minutes away, by the time I got there, everything was quiet. The last thing, though, really freaked me out. I felt like everything else, you know, could maybe have just had an explanation. But then I was in the dining room at the end of the day trying to wrap things up. I saw a lamp break without anyone hitting it. And a little boy's voice said, do it again. That's when I finally asked my coworkers. (laughs) They all laughed and welcomed me in. I guess these things happen all the time. They see it as a rite of passage for new employees, like the spirits are accepting you. (laughs) I mean, those that experience these things, they believe they belong here. Anyways, I guess I won't be leaving anytime soon. Okay, so how much of that is real, Rebecca? So all of the paranormal things that I mentioned are things that employees have reported. Oh, okay. From the wine glasses to hearing voices and footsteps and the little boy's voice. Ooh. Wow. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously I don't know that it was all the same employee. <laughs> I kind mm. of put it together in a story. Um, but yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I think we should just get into this and do the history and then do the debate, but we'll do that when we return. We are excited to announce a new way you can support Ghostly, joining us on Patreon. There are many reasons to become a patron. Not only are you helping Ghostly cover its own cost, but you can get Ghostly episodes early. You can get up to 25% off Ghostly gear. Get a shout out on the next episode. You can get a priority request for a new episode. Get more Rebecca's creepy bedtime stories. And the biggest news, you can get exclusive content with our new show called Ghostly X for the weeks that Ghostly does not have a new episode. As well as many more cool rewards that we can't wait to share with our patrons. So please, help us become the podcast that we've always wanted to be. You can sign up by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon link on the menu bar. Pets. 
welcome back. And the Pat Facts are sponsored by Tarot by Ta. Ta is a professional tarot card reader with over 20 years of experience. He reads at numerous public events, private parties, and personal appointments throughout the greater Chicagoland area. He also does his readings worldwide using online services like Zoom. And the best part of all, he's hashtag Team Skeptic. Um, he's a great guy, and um, he's the Jason that we talked about up in the listener mail section. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Ta has had a lot of experiences, too, and he remains a skeptic. <laughs> so um, to find out more about Ta, visit and like his Facebook page at facebook.com slash tarot by Ta. All right, Rebecca, are you ready to get into the pet facts? Pet facts. So let's start this history in 1788. Ooh. Because I couldn't figure back. out where to where to start. I know. It. It's, yeah, it's a long history. Um, Britain was in a bit of a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's one way to say it. Yeah. You see, uh, they lost their colonies in America. Uh, and America had accepted transported felons. Uh-huh. So they needed a new place that they could take their prisoners. So Australia was already being explored by the Europeans, by Middle Easterns, and by uh, Asian citizens, um, but nobody had made an official claim for the land. Except for the people that already lived there. <laughs> yes. Um, Australia was a good spot for Britain because it was a strategic location for its navy as well. Um, Britain also had one of the best navies in the world at that moment. They did. Uh, so win-win for them, right? They could use Australia for a penal colony, but also use it as a springboard for economic explorations of the area. All right. In 1788, prisoners began to be transported to Australia, but they needed some basic things that weren't there. One of these things was a hospital. Um, so it opened that year under the care of Surgeon John White. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Very British. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was definitely was he white. a prisoner too, I wonder? <laughs> uh, he was not, oh, actually. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, this hospital would serve hundreds of people at this location until they could build a more solid structure that they called the Rum Hospital. <laughs> and that opened in 1816. Okay. I mean, you know, I, the people in Australia like to be the, I mean, I should say, the non-indigenous people yeah. who have taken over Australia, uh, you know, no, to, to have descendants uh, that were prisoners, it's a pretty fun background, I guess. Yeah, but it wasn't just that. It was that they could um, also, it was it was a strategic area for them to Sure. So I'm sure there over. were other people there too, right? Yes. Okay. So now the land that had originally held the hospital was vacant. Um, there are some notes that the government wanted to make this location into a quarry in 1822, but I don't know for sure if they actually did. Okay. Uh, it's like I, I couldn't. I a little couldn't, fuzzy. Yeah, I couldn't get an exact clear answer on that. Okay. In 1841, though, this land was granted to trustees of the estate of Samuel Terry. Uh, Samuel Terry was a criminal that was transported to Australia in around 1800. Uh, for the crime of stealing 400 pairs of stockings. Wow. Yeah, he really enjoyed his stockings. But, I mean, it seems a bit extreme to then send him to another country or yeah. land, but all right. But uh, when he came to Australia, he served as a stonecutter. Uh, he also worked several other jobs and eventually earned a farm in 1808. Okay. On um, March 27th, 1810, Terry married Rosita. Um. 
Rosita Marsh or Maiden. I'm not exactly sure what her last name was. Okay. Uh, It's kind of fuzzy on that one, too. Uh, Who was not a convict herself, but might have been married to one prior to Terry. I mean, those were her choices. It was, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Terry did really well for himself, though. He eventually supplied food to the government. Nice. By 1820, he had amassed significant amounts of property and was a shareholder in the Bank of New South Wales. Okay. New South Wales was a territory in in Australia. Okay. Like um, New York. Yeah, exactly. There is some controversy about the means he used to acquire his wealth. Interesting. Though. The, <laughs> the, convict? the criminal, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, he became accused of extortion by his enemies. It was uh, alleged that he, he brought landowners to his inn who would become intoxicated and sign away their property in payment of debts. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But Terry became one of the richest people in the colony before passing away in 1838. While he was still alive, though, he uh, started construction of three buildings on George Street that were surveyed by Robert Russell, uh, who was an architect and a surveyor. Uh, In Russell's survey, it implies that this land was um, being used as a public hotel. Okay. That's the first uh, record that we have of the hotel. Okay. It was also a pub as well. Yes, there is a pub, I think, yeah. still next door. Yeah. Uh, well, there was a pub, and okay. now it, now there's a cafe. But that's oh, neither okay. here nor there gotcha. right now. Uh, a person by the name of Isaac Moore leased this land and made it an official public house in 1845. So by public house, it's a pub, and it's an inn and stuff like that. Okay, okay. Um, Isaac must have had a good eye because in the 1850s, there was a gold rush in Sydney, and uh, he paid just 65 pounds a year for this property. Wow. The lease was signed for five years um, at that point. And then after that, it was re-signed for another five years at 100 mm. pounds a year because he made so much money on it. Gotcha. Um, Isaac made enough money to hire a manager of the hotel and basically just collected money from it. He didn't even have to be there for anything. That's the dream. The site of Russell Hotel was held by Samuel Terry's widow and principal trustee, Rosita, until her death in 1858. In 1880, the property was purchased by Thomas Brennan. By the 1900s, um, the bubonic plague broke out in Sydney. Oh, geez. And during this time, the government issued orders in the form of um, cleansings and rat catching and in enforced quarantines, too. We all know about quarantines nowadays, right? Yeah, (laughs) right. Um, The structure that is now known as the Russell Hotel was built at this location in 1913, at which time they took down the old structure and built a new one. So um, this work was overseen by the architect for the housing board, William H. Foggett. Uh, It was originally called the Port Jackson Hotel. The major change came in 1920s when the license for the Port Jackson Hotel was withdrawn by the License Reduction Board around 1923. This board was established under the Liquor Amendment Act, so kind of like our Prohibition Act. Uh, This was of 1919, uh, with the role of reducing the number of pub owners in New South Wales. Mm. So what they would do is not just say you cannot serve alcohol here, they would say you can be open until 6 p.m. Oh. When, you know, people would be able to stop in for one drink or something or maybe mm. not even get there at all. Um, 
So they also got to decide which pubs would be delicensed completely. Tooth and Company, who held the commercial license for the Port Jackson Hotel, decided to just move out of this neighborhood that w- was being delicensed and they were having issues with. Um, so they opened up another Port Jackson Hotel someplace else. Gotcha. Because uh, they really liked the name of that. Uh, the original Port Jackson Hotel now became a cafe. And in 1933, the upper floors of the building were used to um, provide hotel accommodations. So this is when it started to be known as the Russell Private Hotel. The origin of the name has not been determined, and it may only be coincidental that the last licensed pub owner of the Port Jackson prior to its acquisition by Tooth & Company in 1896 was W. Russell. So they're not sure why they even call it Russell yeah, it's, Hotel. It's weird, but yeah. all right. Uh, the use of the upper floors as a private hotel has continued to the present day. Mm-hmm. And in 1981, the lease was transferred to the to the Russell Hotel uh, property LTD, LTD with uh, Victoria Alexander as its designer and director. Alexander undertook an extensive refurbishment of the premises and reopened as Sydney's first boutique small hotel. Whew. Woohoo. <laughs> so that's the Russell Hotel. Yeah, it's still open. Yeah, it's as still a hotel. Open. Yeah. That people can stay at. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure you're gonna tell us that ghosts stay there too. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have anything to add to the history? The only thing I wanted to add was just to talk a little bit about the rocks area Mm -hmm. because it's actually not technically in sydney it's more like a suburb of sydney called the rocks yeah and basically it was the the rocks was the first european settlement in australia and it was established by captain arthur philip of england in 1788 um obviously it was a penal colony and they were you know the convicts had to get the government buildings and housing up um and they were you they were built using handmade bricks or blocks of local sandstone mm. which is hence the name the rocks and to me i know we talk about what limestone, limestone here yeah. i i don't know again i'm not jack uh-huh. <laughs> you know or any of our mm-hmm. more knowledgeable people but i do wonder if a uh, sandstone might have something to do with holding on to energy um but anyway so that would just be residual <laughs> and not actual ghost okay i see uh well anyways they um you know as you said in 1900 the bubonic plague struck sydney which like seems late to me i don't know why like i don't know like my grandma wasn't born that long after that. i don't know huh. i mean like you know but anyways uh, but many worried then that it was that area would be really hit hard because it's really um, it was like densely populated. Yeah. It was like the first place, yeah. you know, um, but actually only three people died in that oh, area. Okay. So um, but still be- they the government, as you said, you know, kind of bought that and, and reclaimed it. Um, but a lot of it, you know, they destroyed a lot, but a lot remained. Um, and the area is you can actually see um, the Sydney Harbor Bridge from the hotel. Oh, cool. From some of the rooms, cool. which is a famous bridge. It, you know, if you saw it, you would recognize it. Um, and that was in the 1920s that that was built. Nice. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's a, it's been a developed area. Um, and then in 1970, the government turned the rocks over 
to the Sydney Cove Redevelopment Authority. Um, and they had a plan to demolish and redevelop it. So locals formed the Rocks Residents Group in opposition, putting forth a plan to preserve and rebuild the historic rocks. Mm. So they won. The yeah. Rocks Resident Group won in the end. And instead of redeveloping the rocks and losing countless historic sites, the rocks has been renovated and preserved as a premier historical area. So I just thought that was interesting. You know, the the hotel is like this piece of the history. I mean, even though it's been kind of like torn down and rebuilt and reused, you know, it's still considered part of the historical oh, yeah, absolutely. area for sure. Absolutely. And it, you know, has like traditional furniture. And, you know, when you look at the rooms, I mean, they're they're nice rooms, but they're not like, I don't know, it still has some of the old fashioned look to it. They're okay. not super modern looking. Yeah, I didn't actually see any of the rooms. I didn't see pictures of it. I mean, uh, I, I did watch your video that you sent me, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure. We will. And I don't know, that video is a few years old. Like, you mentioned it was renovated. Like, yeah. I don't know, it, you know, it could be more renovated now. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Um, but anyways, I just thought that was interesting that the, you know, they were going to tear it all down and, you know, rebuild it. And the, the locals were like, nope. <laughs> and then they actually won. Uh, that doesn't always happen. So yeah. that was interesting to me. Yeah. Well, uh, why don't we take a break and then we will get to the debate. Sounds good. Pat, what do creepy stories, funny ghost memes, and inside ghostly information have in common? Um, My life. <laughs> well, yes, but no, <laughs> it's also Ghostly Society on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I mean, that too, of course. I, but aren't all ghostly listeners in Ghostly Society? Not yet. What? I mean, that means that they're missing out on all my jokes. Yeah, they are. And missing out on chatting and sharing with other listeners and us, of course. We love talking to our listeners. If you haven't yet, you should consider joining our private group on Facebook called Ghostly Society. Let's hope now they will. Unless they're a woman in white. Uh-oh. Rebecca. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into this evidence. Okay. Um, all right. So I did talk about a few things in this story um, earlier, and we'll get into some of those things, but um, those aren't really the most famous mm, haunted okay. stories. So again, lots of haunted stories here. The mm -hmm. general idea is that they kind of come from the old hospital and just that old neighborhood, right? Okay. That it's the rocks. It's been built on this old area that, you know, the, the plague, I mean, all, all the things, right? Mm-hmm. So the most famous claim, because you mentioned the Navy, mm -hmm. right, is that a sailor was murdered 
by a sex worker mm. in the hotel when it was a brothel. Okay. Briefly. Um, and this happened in what is basically considered the most haunted room in the hotel, room eight. Okay, yeah, yeah. People will mention room 20 and 24, though I couldn't find any specific stories for those. Mm-hmm. So we're going to stick with the sailor and room eight. Okay. Okay. So there, uh, the claim is that when a single woman is staying in the room, she will awake in the middle of the night and see the apparition of a man standing at the bottom of the bed. So that's the story, the... Uh, that people will say, mm. okay? So I couldn't find a story of anyone that claimed to see the apparition in okay. that room. But I did find a few things that happened to single women, women staying in the room. So we're going right. to take the next few pieces of evidence and go over those stories. Okay. Okay? So the first is the one that I sent you, the video, mm-hmm. okay? So this is Paranormal Investigator Amy from Amy's Crypt. I love her stuff, love her YouTube if you haven't gone and watched her stuff, check it out. It's funny because I've I've seen her do investigations all over the world, like Transylvania, mm. like all the things, but she's Australian. Okay. So she's like, I'm so, so excited to be yeah. home and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Anyways, um, so basically she did a spirit box session in room eight because mm-hmm. she was staying there. She kicked her boyfriend or guy friend or whoever she was with out because, again, he supposedly be a single likes woman. a single woman. Yeah. Um, and she definitely heard some voices and heard some loud thuds. And I didn't write down all the things, but um, the creepiest ones, you know, it was like a lot of we're in here and some hellos. Yeah, in there. there were lots of hello, lots of hellos. Um, so, what did you think of her spirit box? So, first session? of all, I I do um, appreciate her YouTube channel. Uh, I really enjoyed the way that she did the video, and um, even her spirit box session was fun. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Um, But, I mean, it left me thinking of when we talk about spirit boxes, we're always so interested on the times when they answer correctly, but we don't take into account all the times that they don't answer correctly. Because there's just so much other stuff happening. Like, even in hers, there was a bunch of, you know, going on in there. And nobody, you know, you don't go, well, look at all that stuff that's wrong, you know, there. So we only listen to the parts that just make sense to us. So we're picking and choosing in those things. And then it just disregarded the rest. I mean, to me... You know, there are there are some that stand out clearer than others. Mm-hmm. I will say I'm not sure about this one. Okay. You know, because I, like, even she was like, yeah, I think some people said some stuff in there, but I'm going to have to re-listen yeah. when I get home. Yeah. As opposed to, like, actually hearing it in the moment, which a lot of times you can, at least I've noticed. Yeah, and she didn't really have, like, a conversation with them. Right. She would ask a question. Some of them would get some kind of answer mm-hmm. that didn't always fit 100, but it was close, you know. Right. But then there was no, like, callback or response or anything like that because she didn't know. Sure. And, you know, the loud thuds, you know, people, and she said this herself at the end of her video. Yeah. It's, you are you are in a neighborhood. Yeah. You're not, like, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So it is absolutely possible that it could be people outside. Yeah, you absolutely. You know, uh, elsewhere. Um, so I'm not saying that I totally disbelieve it, but it's, it's not as, um, much as maybe some other things. All right. So I'm going to give it a one because I just really appreciated her 
video and everything like that. So I'm giving her a uh, bonus point there. Then. Okay. I'm going to give her five. Five. Again, okay. good effort. I, there might have been something there. It was just not as solid as sometimes. Okay. All right. So now the other, or uh, the next one, I should say, for room eight um, is another, not a full apparition. Okay. But there is a blogger that claims that she woke up suddenly at midnight thinking she heard a man scream out her name. Mm. When she opens her eyes, or when she opened her eyes, she claimed to have seen a shadow on the wall by the door. She said she tried to like kind of understand what could be making the shadow, but the way that it, you know, where it was in the room, it didn't seem to make sense that there would be a shadow there. Sure. Since it was midnight too. Um, That would definitely be scary, I would say. Yes. But I... I think it's just the waking up in the middle of the night kind of thing. I, I think your mind plays tricks on you. And also, you know, we all know that our our eyes and our mind are positioned to capture um, shapes. And, and we will see shapes out of nothing at all. And I think that the waking up and that condition that we have, that we all do that, kind of goes together and... That's probably the reason why she saw the shadow person. For me, I mean, you know, I, I this to me is representative of the other stories, you know, that people tell. Okay. Um, so hearing someone scream her name that woke her up and maybe she didn't see the full apparition, but she saw something. So it's a little more believable for me. I didn't know that there was a lot of stories of, of the shadow person in there. Well, not shadow person, right? Okay. As I said, the common story is someone seeing okay. a full apparition. Gotcha. And so she okay. didn't see that, but she saw what she thought was like a shadow of something. All right. So what is your rating? So for me, the rating on this one is, I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to go zero. I think that that pretty much explains it, just waking up. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen when you're just waking up. <laughs> okay. So one more. Okay. Again, we're building the evidence for this roommate. All right. Okay. So another investigator named Lucy went. Now, she's actually a journalist, and she calls herself a skeptic, mm -hmm. but her paper or website was like, hey, you know, can you go and stay there and see if you experience anything? So she says she didn't feel anything until she woke up at 4 a.m. with a heavy pressure on her chest. She did not see a ghost, however. Okay. Um, so we talked about this with the sleep paralysis episode, that this could actually be like an REM thing going on with your sleeping. Um, it is something that happens to... Uh, some individuals more so that more so women than men. Um, it but it is a scientific thing that they have found, and they've studied people that have had this actual thing happen to them, and they didn't see any ghost around them. The only thing for me is that so she ends the article by saying that this actually made her a little bit more of a believer. Good. Which to me though, she wasn't like. Yeah, but I have that happen to me all the time when I sleep is like I get the sleep paralysis or have that pressure. So it seems like it was something that was in that room. So well, it, I don't know what's in that room. I don't know if it's a sailor, if it's something else, but it, it could be a one off based upon the conditions. Maybe it's colder than she usually sleeps. Maybe she slept in a position that she doesn't usually sleep in. You know, maybe she I, I don't know. 
Maybe she went to bed at an hour that she's not used to going <laughs> to bed at or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's the waking up at 4 a.m. Mm. You know, that did it. I don't, I don't know exactly what causes it. And uh, scientists don't know, but they do know it's actually a thing. Gotcha. So what would your rating be then? This one I'm going to go zero because, you know, there is an actual condition where people do this. All right. I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Okay. All right. So now let's get into some of the other hauntings. All right. All right. So here we go. So downstairs is supposed to be haunted. Many people claim to see the sight of a in white no yes of course Rebecca, there's a woman in white of course what is. are the chances of there being a woman in white here? uh a lot in a haunted hotel <laughs> a lot uh, i mean i thought since we were going to australia we would be done with all these things <laughs> maybe they were yellow there yeah something. exactly no uh. no no pretty universal um so she does tend to wear white mm-hmm. and again sometimes you hear the dining room sometimes you'll hear like the hallway, like it's just kind of different areas downstairs, basically. Um, so she'll, you know, make her way through the kitchen, the bar, the dining area. Um, and she is described as wearing period clothing mm. that makes her appear either as a nurse or a maid. So I think some people say the nurse part because, again, it used to be a hospital. But that's not like a no one knows for sure if that that's what she is. They just, you know, she's wearing white. She looks like she could potentially be a nurse. Okay. Um and uh, again, you just, I see it, you know, there were a lot of reports of this one. Um, again, I think the most common is that idea that she's a nurse from the late 1700s when it was a hospital. So there you go. Woman in white walking around downstairs. Lots of sightings. I mean, okay. So basically is that you're just telling me that people have seen her. Numerous people have seen her, but yes. I don't have enough details except for the period clothing to go off of. So I don't know what this is exactly. And I don't want to speculate. I'm just going to give it a two. Okay. And I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say, I don't think it's anything because um, if it was, they would have some photographic or video evidence of it, mm. or they would be able to say, Hey, come in here at 3 a.m. It always happens at 3 a.m. or whatever time it happens. You well, know? They, you know, sometimes they're like that. Sometimes they're not. Well, but, but I mean, yeah. I have nothing to go on in this story, nothing that I could debate as far as this goes. Like, I'm just basically, can I say that these people are liars? No, I'm not going to say that all these people are liars. You know, they felt whatever they felt. And I'm just going to... Go with the two. Go with the two. All right. That's pretty good, right? Uh, Sure. For you, that's very good. Uh, I'm going to give this one an eight. Okay. a a lot of people seeing the ghost. All right. And then lastly, I just wanted to mention some of the other kind of poltergeisty or ghosty activity that kind of from the story a little bit there. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, we talked about the, the little boy saying, you know, do it again. Yeah. Um, so people will hear like voices. They'll hear the footsteps. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember, he heard footsteps in there. They'll feel cold spots. Okay. That one's a little harder for me, but anyways, they feel cold spots. Uh, and electronics malfunctioning, which just going back to the video, she does talk about how her spirit box isn't working right and that that's only um i think it's there's there's actually two videos so the other video didn't have had even less mm-hmm. um but um but she talks about how that only ever happened at like one other location that she's been at like okay. so her spirit box wasn't working so i don't know if you want to lump them together or talk about some of those specifically but. sure um well cold cold spots can be 
Um, can be a lot of different factors that go into that. There could be um, poor ventilation. Um, there can be um, different different medical conditions can cause people to feel cold spots. Uh, I remember we were on a tour in Galena once, and the woman next to me said that she felt cold all of a sudden, and I was right next to her, and I was like, I don't. Yeah, because there was I a feel, ghost. I feel hot. Because there was a ghost. <laughs> well, but she could have a medical condition that I, I don't have, or Maybe. I could have a medical condition that she doesn't have. I suppose. That would, um, so there's a lot of different things that can cause the cold spot. Um, so I don't, you know, that's just one of those kind of things is, hmm, that's interesting mm-hmm. that there's a cold spot there. The disembodied footsteps. We are talking that this is in a hotel. It's True. not. It's not a huge hotel, but it is a hotel. And I think there is um, multiple floors, too. So you could be hearing someone from below or someone from above as well. So those I don't give as much credit to. And the electronics malfunctioning, I would need to see the actual event in order to be able to debate that and be able to say, you know, um, maybe maybe they were by, like, a, a spot of a lot of electricity or something like that. There's a lot of different things that can cause this particular thing. So uh, these all have logical explanations that can be taken. Now you're going to choose to take it as um, their ghost. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to choose to say, no, it's probably some other scientific reason. Okay. So I'm going to go one on this one. All right. I'm going to go seven. Okay. I, these, I figured. Things, yes. <laughs> Uh, so what would be your overall rating then, Rebecca? So my overall rating is a seven. Okay. You know, that's where I landed. I had a few lower. I had a couple higher, or at least one higher. Um, but no, I, I, I think this place is pretty haunted. Okay. It's pretty pretty darn haunted. Yeah. Me. Well, I'm going to go um, one on this because that averages out for me. <laughs> yes. You did um, have a two in there, which I is like, two. what? Yeah. So... Um, That brings us to our closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep each other honest because Rebecca likes to lie. I don't. Okay, Rebecca, are you ready? I am ready. And I have one minute on my clock, and it starts now. All right, so... I do think the Russell Hotel is haunted. I, you know, sometimes when you see these things, you get like a list of like the 10 most haunted hotels, you know, but then when you actually look into it, it's like, oh, there's like one story and like there's no evidence. That is not the case here for me. Um, You know, there's uh, a lot of reports, um, not only of the sailor in the room, but also of the woman downstairs. Um, as well as just kind of some various spirits around, which to me, because it was a hospital um, during a very, um, I'm sure, chaotic time, and as well as just kind of being all these different, like, you know, hotels and inns and, you know, drinking spots and, you know, just so much history there. It just doesn't surprise me that there'd be some lingering energy there. Um, And again, I'm not sure, you know, if it's a nurse, if it's a sailor, but I do think there's something there. All right. And you had four seconds left, I Rebecca. Did. Good job. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. And go. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, <laughs> I believe that all the evidence presented today was circumstantial evidence. I believe that if you are the kind of person that says, oh, there's cold spots, there's problems with electricity, that has to be a ghost, 
then nothing I'm going to say at this moment is going to convince you otherwise. But to those other people that are willing to um, dabble in the skeptical side, I would have you just look back at the evidence and uh, say, is there anything concrete here where it says, this cannot be explained in any scientific way, that it has to be a ghost? has to be paranormal, and I'm going to venture to say that you're going to come up with no like me. Uh, So my answer is no, and yours should be too. (laughs) All right. So I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family. As word of mouth is our best advertisement, remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet done so. Yeah, Um, please do. And we have a lot of VIP um, patrons that um, we consider like our producers absolutely and we'd like to give them a little shout out here of course the first one is emily alicia carrie becky kim ta ernie marisol shayla cindy kevin nicole darnay jessica sarah linda alice austin aaron hope and candy and um our next episode will finally (laughs) be doing our skeptics day episode uh which should have come out a few weeks ago um it's it was it's just been crazy this time. So well, it's not just us, you know. We have to schedule yeah. with other people, and you know that just makes things more difficult. But um, I'm excited for this. I don't even know what's going to happen. Oh, I know. I mean, I know what it's going to be about. I don't know if you remember exactly what it's going to be. I about. have a I have a vague memory. I yeah. have a vague memory, but it's gonna it's gonna be fun. It's gonna have some of our favorite guests, and yes. it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna tell them what it is. It's gonna be a, a psychic reading off. A, a psychic off. Yeah, psychic <laughs> off. Where two people are gonna go head to head in their predictions. Ooh. And you're gonna get to decide who the winner was. That's all that's gonna be said there. All right. Yeah, and, and we're just hosts to this, man. They're they're the ones. I mean, well I mean, I'm certainly gonna help make some arguments, you know, but uh it's yeah. gonna be fun to, I mean, to hear what happens. We are gonna I, I wanna be- find my future. We are going to be having one person that's never been on the show before. Um, he is a psychic, and he's not at all Nick Mataragas. No, that's true. That's true. I guess I th- for some reason I thought he had been on, but no. I guess he hasn't. So no, we're going to uh, wish that he hadn't once he's been on. <laughs> let me just say, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've been on other podcasts with him. But maybe- I think he's labeled the very bad psychic. <laughs> so, anyways. Until then, stay ghostly. Bye.